Welcome to Inside Groove, the only motorsports show where supermodifieds are king. Methanol is aromatic and the drivers carry their balls in a bag. Inside Groove is powered by IPC Indy, creating performance parts and solutions for the automotive, aerospace and communications industries. Here's your host and fellow superholic, Race Chaser Media's Tom Baker. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's Inside Groove Super Modified Podcast. Of course, this is episode number 69, uh, a very significant number in some ways in Oswego Speedway history, depending on how you look at it. We'll talk about that a little bit later. My name is Tom Baker, and yes, my voice is a little the worse for wear today uh, as we record this. Um, I uh, had the, the... pleasure to be able to call the Carolina Pro late model series race and the Carolina Crate Modified Series race um, at Hickory Motor Speedway last night. And so uh, still recovering in the voice box department here, 162 laps altogether, had a great time. Um, Hickory is uh, the birthplace of the NASCAR stars as uh, they like to bill themselves and it is not an inaccurate billing they have uh, obviously had many stars uh start there and really begin to sort of build their brand and build their name there um and go on uh into nascar and be quite successful including Ned and dale jarrett and um dale earnhardt jr to some degree although his was more um myrtle beach speedway down in south carolina i think than hickory but still um ralph earnhardt certainly a big part of hickory speedway uh their champions wall is just a who's who of uh southern um heroes and champions and just huge names so that was a lot of fun to be able to do that uh and to be working for carolina pro late model series to um head up their broadcast team along with um two uh young broadcasters that are just uh, kind of breaking in uh noah lewis and peter strada uh fun to work with those guys and to give those guys their first opportunity to call uh a race live so to speak and uh so we'll be doing uh, more of that through the season uh next race is at tri-county speedway down here in a couple of weeks but uh, anyway forgive my voice um and uh looking forward to the show Uh, Again, in the interest of keeping things tight, we're not going to ramble an awful lot in the open here. I do want to do a couple of things quickly. First, I want to say thank you to all of the sponsors who continue to support this show. Uh, Of course, uh, Skip's Fish Fry, Sean Cathcart and his staff, uh, J&S Paving, uh, Rich Worth and his staff, and also Jeff West uh, and the folks from IPC Indy. Indie Performance Composites, uh, just again, thanks to all of you for uh, continuing to help this show happen. Uh, we've got a, an interesting show today. I'm really excited to have Jody London on the program today. Jody is absolutely one of the hardest working race promoters in the sport today, and he just puts so much passion into what he's doing. He's got three shows lined up for the Oswego Speedway for 2021. And we're going to talk about uh, all of those shows uh, and really kind of get down into some detail about things he's got going on 
He is definitely a trendsetter in the uh, New York State Northeast area. So uh, looking forward, Jody's always fun. We're going to dive in um, and talk with him here just around the corner. And then when we come back, we'll tell you about who's going to be on next week's show uh, and also talk a little bit about the uh, the 69 number that, um, again, you know, I feel like is in 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 some very interesting ways a significant number uh, in supermodified history at the Oswego Speedway. So we'll, uh, we'll get to all that in due course. But uh, for right now, we're going to step aside. When we come back, without further ado, we're going to dive right into our interview with Jody London because as you well know, if you know Jody and you know me, either one of us could grab a microphone and talk for an hour all by ourselves. Imagine what we're about to do together. So <laughs> we'll be back to get things kicked off uh, for Inside Groove this week right after this. Stay with us. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up. You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math or science person. No excuses. No problem. It's not rocket science. It's my computer career. Helping people start an IT career is their thing. If you don't absolutely love what you do, go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You can start your new life as an information technology professional in as little as four months. Attend classes on campus or live online just two or three times a week to get what you'll need to start your new career. More than just a school, My Computer Career helps you get into the industry by working with hundreds of employers that hire their students. My Computer Career is nationally accredited and financial aid is available for those who qualify, including the GI Bill. Classes start soon, so go take the career evaluation now at mycomputercareer.edu. Mycomputercareer.edu. That's mycomputercareer.edu. Welcome back to Inside Groove, episode number 69. And on this episode, as I mentioned in the open, our feature interview for the week is a young man that uh, I always like to uh, talk with because his passion matches mine. And he, the, the downfall for all of you listening is that he and I both can talk in paragraphs. So just bear with us here. Jody London's with us. And we're going to talk a little bit about everything Jody's got going for 2021 because much like myself and all of you, Jody is just raring to get out of the box and get back to the racetrack. And he's got three events this year scheduled for the Oswego Speedway. Of course, the Dave London Memorial for the Super Stocks that will come up on Classic Weekend Number 2, Labor Day weekend, uh, will be um, the crown jewel once again. There are two other Super Stock shows there that are New York Super Stock Series shows um, not Jody's shows particularly, though he is providing some support along the way, but most of that is is not under his solo purview. Jody, you have got Sportsman coming, which was supposed to happen last year, and we all know about that, so we can't wait to see that. But you've also added a compact series event coming up. I want to start there because I think you raced those, didn't you? Or still do? I I used to race them. I I, I realized you know how horribly talented I was, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had to retire. I just yeah. you know 
yeah. I looked at the car and I said, "You're just too pretty." I, I keep wrecking you every week, and I guess yeah. you know I I called out a career. I hung up the I hung I hung up the big car world helmet for a little bit, and I just you know called it a day. Yeah, that's why you know I have I tell people that you know I used to race go karts and did a couple of limited starts and big cars and and well why did you quit racing well because i sucked that's why i I just didn't know it's but it's it it just was never going to be my thing and i think it was i think with you it's it's kind of you and i um are on different you know sort of sides of the sport um you're an event promoter and a really good one and i'm doing my best on the media side and and the other things that i do but um you know, it's 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 interesting that we've got touring compacts coming to the Big O, and I know that last year they had the Midwest Touring Series scheduled to uh, come in for Classic Week, and I think they're doing that again, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I had a chance to watch them last March at uh, IRP or LOR or whatever they're calling it this week, and um that was an amazing show those guys those guys were so much fun to watch they they put on such a great show and the cool thing about these these series and there's one down here that started on the dirt this year too um that's really growing by leaps and bounds already in georgia and the carolinas the cool thing about these things is that basically the rules are similar enough between a lot of the the groups that you can take that thing and go to the Midwest and compete against the uh, the that that group, or they can come here and compete with your group. What is your what is your deal? Do you do you is there a group? Is this a sanctioning body, or is this just kind of an open race that you're putting on for those cars? Well, it just it kind of almost came out of nowhere. It was like you know, Oswego asked, "Hey, you know." You want to have a secondary DLM? <laughs> and I'm like, mm-hmm, not really. You know, I kind of. No, there's only one of not those. Saying, not saying I have my, all my eggs in one basket, but, you know, I, you know, we put a lot of work into one race. You right. know, don't, you know, I don't need to be in a psych ward after right. two races. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, we'll stick to the one. They're like, well, okay. Could you put a support to, all right, you want to run a regular show? And I'm like, okay, well, you know, I'll talk to the series, you know. And we convinced them to run a regular show. And they're like, all right, cool. We we got a regular, you know, tour series there. You want to add an under show? And I'm like, what do you want me to do? I'm like, well, I'll pick up a division. And I'm like, well, I, I used to race four cylinders. There's a lot of guys around here that love Oswego still. Let's do it. Let's do a big bang. And then, you know, okay. You know, that, that came about. And then I'm like, you know, my buddies at the Midwest Compact and which – now is called the National Compact Touring Series. You know, I'm I'm really close friends with them, and they said, "Hey, we got our we got our race in in September." You know, the day after the DLM, and I'm like, "Hey guys, you know, I got a race." You know, they offered me this. What do you think? And they said, "Well, yeah, do it." I'm like, "All right, I'm gonna leave it as open as possible to for guys that come to that race to be, you know, able to run your race." So there's not so there's absolutely zero changeover for rule wise. Right. The only the only change we're doing is a is a tire rule because we're going with the most predominant tire in okay. New York. And, you know, I said, Okay, and then, you know, both we both agreed and I said, Hey, one more stipulation. What's that? I'm like, the winner of the four cylinder the compact race on the first classic weekend 
in 2021 gets the pole for the September Classic race for the four cylinders. Oh. And the guy says, sure, why not? So, very first brand new announcement for everyone that's listening on this one. Breaking news. Yeah, breaking news. Breaking! Uh, Whoever wins the race at the first Oswego, which would be Oswego 64. I mean, Oswego Classic 64. Classic 64, yeah. So, it's like that song, Summer 69. (laughs) (laughs) So Canadian, Brad Adams. Yeah. Whoever wins Oswego Classic 64 for the four-cylinder race gets the pole for Oswego Classic 65 in the in the Midwest. National Compact Series. Or national. And okay, that National Compact name. Series race pays 2000 to win. Wow. That's awesome. So, so a local boy sitting on the pole for that big race can't beat that. No, that's that's awesome and see that's I it's interesting because I was reading an old program not long ago and um i forgot what year it was 78 79 80 somewhere in there the modifieds had a deal like that where oswego there i think it was their either their fourth of july modified race or their midsummer one in august whatever but one of the the qualifying events um was if you won you got the pole for the butt mod 200 and jeff bodine won got the pole and i think he ended up winning the race that year too but um, but yeah, that so that's not the first time I've seen that done, and I think that's really cool because that's a good incentive <clears throat> for some of the national compact guys to come in and you know try to put themselves in good position because obviously it'll be the first time you know they're running on the track, so th- this would be a good opportunity for them to come in and kind of figure out how to how to do a swiggle well, um, oh, yeah. you know, for the classic race. So that's good. Now what? Uh, what kind of interest are you getting so far? And and where are you? Is this going to be? Do you think you'll get more kind of New York State and Pennsylvania guys, or are we getting four? Are we getting compacts from all over for the, for this show? So I I really base this on New York State, okay, and, and not just with other races. How we kind of sided to Western New York and catered to you know the Buffalo crowd, the yeah. over maybe over. A little bit to central. Yeah, I didn't want to do that this time. This is so unique, and Oswego is still to this day, no matter which way you look at it, the absolutely the crown jewel for any track. And you can say this now, and I will <clears> say <throat> it to the grave: asphalt and now dirt. Oswego is the track for New York. Oh, absolutely. The king yeah, there's, of whatever there's, you want to be. King yeah. or queen, whatever you want to be. Yeah, it's not even close. With I mean, yeah. when, you, when you look at what Oswego, and especially, I mean, obviously, if you take this year, it's kind of unique because you've got two classics plus Super Dirt Week. But um, even just with the one classic plus Super Dirt Week plus, you know, everything else that's going on, um, Oswego's always been, and, and it's, it's nationally known. I mean, it's not, you know, now not everybody kind of fully – understands it you know but they they know about super modifieds they know about and so and and again as you know guys like bentley and dale jr and and you know other guys have have given it national airtime or national play and even the nascar broadcast and whatever yeah swigo's definitely you look sadly i feel like new york state um you see so many tracks i mean spencer went went down 
And, you know, Lancaster's changed hands a couple times. It seems like they're trying to, to really kind of come back a little bit again. You've got Lancaster is the comeback kid every year. Yeah, I always yeah. say it. they're the comeback um, kids every year. <laughs> and, and so, you know, they got a tour race this year. Uh, you know, you, 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 Holland has been kind of in and out and whatever. And, you know, especially, especially on the pavement side, I feel like, you know, New York state has kind of struggled to keep Shemung is still, is still going well. Um, you know, we lost, you know, you had the whole sort of debacle with Shangri-La, Oigo Shangri-La too. You know, it's like, it's, it's, it's just been, there's been so much, unstableness especially on the pavement side now obviously the dirt tracks are still going strong um but you know it's so yeah i think a swiggo with marquee events i mean it's kind of what i i said to cam when he first we first talked about the oswego schedule for 21 on the air it's like there are only i think two what would be considered regular shows you know or maybe three but the rest are all, you know, you got two classics, you got King of Wings coming back, you got, you know, the the um, uh, Mr. Supermodified, et cetera, um, the Mr. Races. You, you got um, your races there. Um, I mean, you got Isma coming back. There, It's almost an entire season of special shows. And so you can't, there's no other track in the state that can can say that, and, and, and I'm not dissing any other track. It's just what it is, especially on the pavement side. I I mean, I, I'm a big wrestling fan, and I've told, you know, I've said this numerous times to anyone that can listen to me. I grew up in the greatest era possible, and that was the Attitude Era in wrestling. WWF versus WCW, and that is oh, see. how that is how my promoting style is. I like it better before, and, like, and, I, and I love the old times because when I was young, the very first wrestler I watched was Hulk Hogan. Yeah, so I I, lo- I love the oldies. I yep. love the oldies a lot. Yep, but my style got curved on the Attitude Era. Yeah, and I mean, and now and now would would you know knowing that well while i promote racing and dealing with everything we do i notice now each race for this season is your wrestlemania well yeah each one is so big so special that you have to be there because you know though though the pandemic was though the pandemic was and is a horrible thing to deal with. Right. We dealt with it. We worked through it and we're still working through it, but we're making up for it. And now you have this aligning of amazement coming in and it's all crashing in at one time to complete a schedule that will probably never and ever be duplicated. Well, ever again. And that's what, I talk you to, got WrestleManias left and right. <laughs> you do, and I ta- that's what I was talking to Silliman about on, on this last week's, this last episode was the fact that, you know, for the 70th anniversary, I mean, you, you know, I would love to see two classics every year, but you're obviously not going to, right? You, I do think, I hope that Oswego will um, will look at Memorial Day weekend, though, and and try to go go back to 
something that resembles more the traditions of the Port City 150. Um, because, again, the whole month of May thing used to be as big a deal at Oswego as it was anywhere else. And um, I'm not saying it hasn't been lately, but I do feel like to a degree that Memorial Weekend, it's been shuffled so much and changed. It needs, I think that needs a race that's as steady and marquee you know, worthy is the classic. And so I hope they will look at this as an opportunity to kind of lock that weekend back in. But with that being said, you're right. I mean, your events in particular, but, but really, you know, a lot of the season in this we go, your events are all WrestleManias for the respective divisions in which you're, you're doing it now. Um, what, what kind of car count do you think we get from the compacts for your first event? I feel the compacts are always the most unknown because there's such a wide variety. Yeah. We try I'm in, in this event in general, we're trying to cater not just to asphalt, but we want dirt as well. And I really want dirt as well because we're in you know not we're in, but Oswego is located close enough to dirt country. Yeah. It is in the dirt country bill. And you know, you got Can Am you got uh, well, sure. You got Brewerton. You got Fulton. You got I mean, you got, yeah, Ken, you Ken know, and Brewerton, Fulton. Yeah, all you got bunches. You got those three, which which is big because they're within an hour of Oswego. So I, you know, we decided on the rules like you got to keep it open. We have to keep it open to entice these guys to come over. So how does that work though? When you say open, because um, I mean, I don't know the ins and outs of the specific you know, rules for those cars that well, obviously you, you do much better than I cause you race them, but <clears throat> is there a big difference between what, what, what runs at Brewerton in the foot? Cause like I, I, rem- I think about Brewerton now here's, here's like what goes through my mind when you say that. All right. So Brewerton has a four cylinder class and it's been, it's been something that I think people love it there and they've loved it for decades. You get a guy, for example, like Sammy Caristo, who's probably in his nineties by now or eighties that used to race in a swiggle in the seventies. He's still racing. Racing four cylinders at Brewerton, and, and his kids are racing with him. I mean, how how easy is it? To, how easy would it be for for them to take their car and bring it to your show and run it at a swig if they wanted to? Because I mean, I don't know that that uh, that Sammy would want to do that. But my gosh, how how cool would that be to have slamming Sammy back on the on the fast five eighths of a mile for the first time since I'm going to guess probably early '80s somewhere. Um, you know, I mean, how how much of a how much similarity or differences do those two groups have between pavement and dirt? So it's they're so close, and it's just so minute differences, and especially dealing with the four cylinders, it's it gets down to technology and computers and you know ecotech, vtech, and just so many small little variables. That really? Kind of just, yeah. Even just, in the four cylinders, you're dealing with like those types we, of. We fi- we finally said I you know in the rules I meaning we just said guy I you know we both said you know there's you know some of us that run the race stuff like that we know that we'll be giving up you know a lot to others and we just said we want everyone to come in we want to have fun yeah we don't care where we finish we just want the guys to come and have fun and we just said leave it open. Leave it as open as possible, because that will op- that by leaving it to quote to quote the Maynard Troyer, 
<laughs> K I S S. Yes. Keep it simple. Yeah. Keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. And we brought out a rules a rule set that is very short. Very short. That's and great. Anyone, any, anyone can show up. That's we, awesome. We we basically made rules for stuff that we could tech instead of making rules that we wouldn't be able to tech. Which okay. I I feel like in four cylinder world is a is a biggie. Yeah. Because they they have these rules that you read in, you know they're not going to tech them right. because it's too intricate to. Right. Not saying beyond their capability, uh, but it's beyond the capability of the technology that they have okay. on site. Okay. So we just we we xed all that out and just got down to the gritty. Interesting. And said, all right, we're going to tech what we can fiscally tech, so we're going to go with it. Oh. And we pray, hoping, really hoping that we're going to get a good a good show here. Now, what other tracks that run the four cylinders? Um, would be running at like well, this is Memorial Weekend, so I would guess that a lot of the tracks would be running that weekend. So how the, does the only track I could would assume running that weekend maybe would be either Brewerton or Canem that day? Okay, so maybe but, because it's uh, Saturday. other than that, nothing. Are you you're running nothing Saturday, else. right? Of or are you Friday. Friday? We will be Friday, Friday of Classic 64. So, yeah, probably Brewerton, I would guess. Um, yeah. You know, which is unfortunate because there again, you know, it would be it, it maybe, you know, it would be cool if you could somehow get them to either give the four cylinders the night off or um, make it a non-points race or something. Just, what, you know, which is so which is so, you know, which, which is something you could do. But I've become. Not saying complacent, but I've become very aware of racing situations yeah. and how, you know, you can't just automatically expect other people to cut out their whole, you know, their whole show or whole class just because you want to run an event. So I, well, I, I now feel like run your regular show, you know, do what you got to do to, you know, to, you know, keep your show, to keep your track going. Yeah. I'll do my thing. If we both went out, we both went out, and, that, and that's good, really good. Well, I hopefully, want, you know, you know the, be nice to see. Sport, uh, be nice possibly. to see thirty or forty of those things. Um, you know, and I, I would think that would be realistic, and particularly if you could get. And that, see, to me, that's the key: is you work with the other bodies to figure out. You know, well, okay, and again, if you're going to run directly against Brewerton, that's one thing. But you know, if like for the the national group or any of the other tracks that wouldn't be running that night, come up with some sort of incentive. The highest finishing, you know, Can-Am regular, for example, you know, gets X or something, just so that you have, um, you know, the more you can tie in, you know, to draw the cars, the better. Um, Breaking news part two. Oh, oh Tom, here we go again. Tom, you're getting ahead of me. I didn't. I didn't tell you this, but I wanted to surprise you. But you're getting ahead of me. Breaking news part two. The highest finishing dirt car, first and second dirt car, gets a hundred and eight dollars from the Grandpa Dog Dash for cash. There you go. That's how you do it, right there. Yep. So that's, yep. that's how that's how it is. That, yep. That's how we good do it. Good deal. Well, that's good. See, because, I, I mean, again, you want those shows. Look, it, that's a show 
that that to me, and again, you know, <laughs> it's just I think this has changed a little bit over recent years. But there's there are an awful lot of not an awful lot. There are a number, have been a number over the years of fans at Oswego who anything that wasn't a super, they they just didn't want to know about it. And it's like, folks. These cars are going to put on a really cool show. Um, yeah. Like I said, I saw them at IRP, and um, they didn't have the numbers in terms of car count that they thought they would get. And, of course, you know, COVID, right? And it was right in the middle of it, the beginning of it, too. Um, so it, that, that made it. But they still had about 30, I think. But I'm going to tell you, man, <laughs> they were three and four wide, and they were – I mean, it was just – it was an awesome show. Um, so this is a show that that you 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 look forward to sitting there and watching because you're going to see cars all over that racetrack, and 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 they're just all going to be going nuts. It's like watching the midgets there when the midgets used to come. That's you'd get you know three, four, five wide. Like they didn't care; they could run anywhere. They're darting little cars. These four cylinders, I feel like, are going to be the exact same way. Um, you know, and they're going to put on a great show. So I'm hoping we get 30 or 40 of them there. And I love that you're giving some incentives for the dirt guys to come. I and, and I won't lie. I, I turn into a fanboy during the event. And what a fanboy is, or you know, whoever cares to know what a fanboy is, is that you know you go back to your eight-year-old self right. and how obsessed yep. you were with something yep. or like a a, a person or a, a, an athlete or yep. whoever it was. You know, you obsessed over them, and like if you met them, you'd die. So for me, I'm a fanboy for each race. Sure, like yep. there, there is a reason why people, you know, when people ask me, "Hey, can you do like video live updates for the DLM?" and I said, "No, I can't," because if you had a video on me. There would be, you know, a live video <laughs> on that, that would be going for, yeah, for like lap, you know, laps on end. And if you aired it on air, you'd be bleeping every. Well, two I was gonna say that's the other thing, I'm right? So yeah. into it, yeah. And especially since you know I still semi race, those are my friends, right? And yeah. I'm so into them and their lives, right? Yeah, that's and I and I and I. I lose my crap yeah. left and right. Oh, I know it's great. I I did a live I did a live feed back in September for a race for my buddy, and I had to take it off of you know social media and just go to a a, a FaceTime with one of my like, friends yeah, just, because I was yeah. losing it so Private. bad. Yeah, and and the ex expletives. Yeah. Expletives. Yeah, expletives. Yeah. yeah, you're right. That were just fuming out of my mouth because I was so proud of my friend <laughs> and so happy for them and rooting so bad. Yeah. I was losing my mind. Yeah, it is it's a different experience and people I think sometimes like with, with those of us who work quote-unquote work okay whether you're on a well if you're on a crew then you're kind of just with that car but whether you're you're doing safety crew you're doing you know um you're doing media like me you're doing promoting like you you doing whatever you're doing that's sort of that you're in the big picture so you're not specific to a car or whatever when you people forget that we're still fans too uh, you know and it's like it's hard to turn off the fan to focus on the job sometimes because 
you're you're just so um engrossed in what you're watching and that's why it the 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 opposite the the opposite effect of that is it's also hard or at least for me I find it hard to go to go to a racetrack and just sit in the grandstands and and watch like I'm I get it's almost like you you know you get you get ner- like it it's like what well, I need to be doing something like you you get uh, antsy and and so once you've been on the inside it's hard to watch and yet when it comes to something like the classic um you know I watched the 19 classic from the grandstand and I haven't enjoyed it a classic that much in a long time just because again it went it was back to me just being in the grandstand being a fan, I was still making notes or doing whatever for the media, but it you're right. I see I can empathize with where you're coming from here. It's just hard to control your 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 fan part of you sometimes um you know when when you're at especially at certain events. I mean it'd be different for me, I guess, you know, at a road race or something where you know, I really it's not that I wouldn't like it, of course, but you just it, it it hasn't been a part of you. But like even the classic for me, if I'm if I'm doing lap by lap on Twitter, I'm doing something, um, I'm tweeting as I'm thinking or as I would talk about it if I were announcing it. And you know, it, you're still watching it as a fan. And I've always said, even with my media, I'm a fan first. So when I give commentary on something it's coming from the fan you know yeah it's gonna be biased right <laughs> well i don't know if it's gonna be biased but i'm just saying sometimes it does change the perspective because like media we're supposed to be pc and we're supposed to be and, and i i know where my limits are and i think yeah. most of the time i respect them but but i everything for me is about being a fan and, and even you know this show probably more than any other because it covers stuff that i grew up with and that i love but it's it's really more about my love for the sport and the people and you can't you can't it's hard to separate sometimes Cor- correct sure. as, yeah. Yeah. as i told one of my one of my one of the my friend's drivers that ran that ran at a race after after a big schmaz within the last few laps yeah. I, I go to him like hey man i love you as an entertainer <laughs> but i hate you as a driver <laughs> he smiled and said thanks man. and i hugged him and i walked away and yeah. that was it and we understood what both of us meant yeah exactly yeah and we and it, it's you know and like i'll go back to it like in wrestling we understand the game right yeah, and it, we understand where the, sure. the line is. And sure, it's just, oh, the sport is just so amazing. It is. I agree. I agree. And 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 I'm just thankful that it looks like, um, at least you know, for for the most part, obviously still with some limitations or whatever. But we we're going to get it back this year. So um, so so you got that the the compact show going um at at classic 64 yeah um, classic 64 then that's not somewhere 69 but right, classic 64 <laughs> well i have to even say it slow enough to not go 65 no wait 64 um yeah then um, i do too it's tough because age um and then um you have you have the sportsman show coming up talk about that show 
a little bit for us and how that's shaping up. Because i got to believe that's going to be another all-star event for that division. Ladies and gentlemen, it only took a pandemic to take down a show. (laughs) It only took a pandemic to step out of the shadows of the DLM (laughs) to take down a show. It only took a pandemic to take down the best, and I mean the best. I will reiterate. Reiterate? Okay. Reiterate? Reiterate. I will reiterate the (laughs) best sportsman asphalt modified payout ever to be held in New York State. Love it. Love it. 3,500 to win, 350 to take the green. Wow. Nobody has ever come close to that. Wow. Past, present, and I really hope future does not, (laughs) you know, emulate what we're doing. Well, first in wins, so, you know, you were the first. Yeah. That's... But we're trying something here that is just amazing. And and I go back to the old thought is, you know, fun fact, besides a lonely, horrible four-cylinder driver, I was a lonely, horrible sportsman modified driver. Oh, okay. I didn't realize you ever raced the uh, the sportsman. Cars. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, that's I interesting. was just not okay. bad in one division. I was bad in two divisions. <laughs> <laughs> like you know. Yeah. So, and I always remembered. I didn't care what it was to win. What does it pay for the last to take the green? Because I knew if I had a bad day, I wanted to know what you know what's yeah, what you were going on with. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, that's going to be a big... What, how many laps is that? 100? 40. 40? No. Oh, 40. oh, God, no. No. You want to know why? Because everything's 100. Everything's a 75 these days. I just thought and I remembered it as 100 that's from boring. last year. Okay, yeah. Um, for, Those 40 are boring. Laps. Okay. I want someone that goes balls to the wall. <laughs> Me too, actually. I want, I want someone that says, you know, I had to do it. I had to go. I want their bumpers to be upended. I want them to be hated. I want in victory lane almost a fist fight to break out. <laughs> because, I want entertainment. Be, be careful what you wish for. Yeah, be, um, be careful what I wish for. But you, if it happens in 2022, is, I have great material to work off of from 2021. Yeah, this is a Royal Rumble is what yeah, this is going to yeah. be. Tom, yeah. you're calling in strong right now. I yeah. love this. Yeah, it's going to be a Royal Rumble. That's, that's what that's going to be. Wow, it, that's going to be great. We can't, none of, I know I'm jumping ahead here, but none of this would have been possible without the deal. Well, that's and, true. And how yeah. I say this, yeah. because of the DLM, mid-June of 2019, I pitched an idea about, hey guys, what would you think of doing this? Yeah, the sports. And, yeah. and, it, and it wasn't even a skip. It wasn't a long talk. It was instantaneous. Yeah. Sure. Let's do it. Yeah. And I, I would like to fully think that, you know, because of the DLM and how much creative, you know, creative, whatever you want to say, behind it, it helped that. Oh, sure. Facil- sure it, it definitely yeah. facilitated that. Well, <clears throat> I mean, I know you're, you know, you're a humble guy, so you, you, you won't, you won't pat yourself on the back. I'll do it for you. You, you're, you're an excellent promoter, and you're an outside the box thinker, and that's what you got to be, especially in today's environment. You've got to be able to do a show that is can't miss, you know, 
TV or in your case, you know, you can't, I can't go see this next week because it's only happening this week and then you don't get it for another year. And, and this is, um, this to me is what's so cool about all of these events because yeah, okay. There's going to be a couple of other super stock races at Oswego and that's fine. But your event is obviously the, the the crown jewel for them, and then now you've got the crown jewel for the sportsman and the crown a, a really? crown jewel event developing for the um, the compact series because I know um, whatever it is this year, it's going to be twice that next year because that's how you work. Um, but it's Easy it's now. it's going to be. Um, but it's but but those are three things that you basically can't go see next week. And that's the whole point of this is, you know, when you do that, then you get the cars, you get the drivers, and you get the fans. And, you know, I think what you're doing is great, Jody, and I love the divisions that you're working with. And for those guys, they don't get these kinds of shows. And and, and that's we need more big-time shows for the little-time classes because that's how those little-time classes keep going. And, 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 you know, a show like that, if you go win – you, you you've made your season, you know, and that's really a big deal for those guys. So I think what you're doing is great, and I'm looking forward to that show. Um, I, you know, I appreciate I appreciate what you're saying, and 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 I know like pat on the back and stuff like that, but I'll I'll say this about me: I am the world's most okayest promoter. Well, you're a little more than I, that, I, but... I, you know, <laughs> and the reason why I say that is because this is not my job. This well, is, you know, but, I, it's not, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be honest with everyone who's listening. I'm a guy that puts steel pipe in the ground or, you know, plastic pipe for gas mains every day. Sure. I, you know, I'm in construction. I'm away from my phone and I, I try to get to my phone as much as I can to go yeah. back and, you know, mainly for, you know, promoting reasons. Yep. And it's just for having fun. Yeah, yeah. I could give I could give two craps about money. Right. If I if I could tell everyone how much I've lost for this, you'd be shocked. But yeah. guess what? I don't care. Yeah. Because well, at the end of the day, when I watch, <laughs> this is funny. I watched a kid I raced against in the four cylinders running in my dad's race and he's in third spot. Yeah. Qualifying. Yeah. Fighting off four other guys for to make the to make my dad's race. Yeah. I'm losing my mind. Yeah. I'm standing there and, and I got my fiance right next to me. And I am I'm just herking jerking. I'm throwing you know, I'm throwing imaginary, you know, uppercuts and yeah, I know fist bumps yeah, and everything. Yeah, yep. Losing my mind. Yep. And he qualifies it. And I start breaking down in tears. I run over and I just give him the biggest bear hug. That's awesome. That's what it's about, man. For me, that is why I keep constantly doing it. Yep. For little tiny stories. Yep. That constantly make it well, up. So that's, here again, it comes back to you know, Again, world, yes, it's the friendships okay and the people. Promoter. Gotcha, got you it, know. got it, Tom. <laughs> you know, no, not not at all. I, I again, I think that's what makes you the promoter that you are. The friendships and the people that 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 make the sport are are the sport. It it's you know, 
That's why when people, you know, it's like, oh, they don't sound like they used to, or they, they changed the body, or they did this. It's like, well, I can have my opinions about those things, too. Do I like the current supermodified body as much as the older ones? No. But am I going to stop going to the track because of it? Gosh, no. I mean, that's just silly. The same people are there. The reason I go to the track is because of the people and because of the excitement and the energy and the competition, the things that you can't get in the in the other sports the you know the 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 friendships that you build that's what we're all doing it for and that's why you know there are listeners of this show that you know that that have been going to the Oswego Speedway far longer than me um and in the fact that they get a kick out of you know me sitting here talking to somebody for a while you know and are willing to to be so excited that it's coming back you know quote unquote coming back because i haven't done a show in a month um you know is is awesome and that that's what you do it for what we do it for it's not the self you know grandization but it's it's the it's just the, the the friendships and the people in general. So, you know, after all that work, you're sitting there cheering for a guy you used to race against and really being excited about his success. And that's that's where it goes uh, for sure. And that's what's going to make that sportsman show huge. It's going to make the, the compact show, I believe, um, a, a very successful show. And, of course, the DLM coming up on um Classic 65 weekend on Labor Day weekend is 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 obviously your your topper, um, and I I I don't even I have know. to ask about that show. <laughs> I know that the Sport Mike show could not have reached where it's at without Doug Rayhill. So oh, don't go blowing up Doug's head for crying out loud. Easy, easy now, easy now, easy now. <laughs> Doug and I are friends. I can say I, I love Doug. Oh God, he's. <laughs> He's a trip. He's a lot to handle, but he's, he's a Doug. trip once you get the <laughs> Doug is Doug. <laughs> so I, I could tell everyone he wanted to do something with Dad's race right off the bat once he knew that the DLM was coming to us. Okay. And I said, Doug, hold off. I got, you know, I have an idea. Just hold on. And which turned into the sport mod. So, oh, okay. Because Doug has obviously been open wheel 90% of his life. There was that 10% where he was, you know, full body. Yeah. But he's a fabricator and loved open wheel stuff. And what his job is now is more towards the fabrication of open wheel stuff. Right. So I said, Doug, just hold on. I have an idea. Just, just, just hang on there. I'll come back to you. So, you know, came, came, you know, came in June. By July, a little bit before Dad's race, I presented him like, all right, hey, Oswego already gave me the nod. What do you think about being the title sponsor for for the Sportsman Modified race in July? First ever, this is going to happen. And without hesitation, he jumped right on. I bet. Yeah, that's great. And he and he and he's been the best and he's really awesome about it. Because, you know, I, I won't lie here. I, I am a very big outsider to Oswego Speedway. Well, sure. Because I, I you know, I grew up on the history of right. Oswego Speedway. Right. Because that was my home for God knows how many years. Sure. I grew up on um, some Lancaster and some Wyoming County International Speedway. 
I am very not saying naive, but I don't understand Oswego history. But I've come to this track. I want to make a difference for this track to help elevate it because I care about the sport right. and making it better. Right. So I'm gonna understand everyone to make it better and really get in tune. And I've, I've, you know, I spent every week in 2000, just about in 2019, sure. every week at Oswego. And by, and I can tell you, by classic, I was into it. Each driver and what the situations were for each driver. Right. Right. With, with you know, Tyler Thompson doing the unthinkable. Yeah. No. Sure did. And I'm not saying unthinkable. But it was unthinkable. Well, it you was. Know, yeah. No you one... could almost say he's a rookie. You know, he had, you know, he had, you know, a few starts in, in 2018, but, you know, 2019 was more. Oh, yeah. He came out of nowhere. It's fair to say. He, yeah. He came out of nowhere. And, and just yeah, had, and the magic. Did the unthinkable yeah. after wrecking on Friday and them having to fix the car yeah. all day Saturday yep. and Sunday just putting on the performance of a lifetime and then going going back to being into your friends watching my buddy Camden run his balls off on a family owned team on, on on a lower you know yeah mm-hmm. I'm an honest you know yeah. lower buck you know family sure. team well it is <laughs> and just running his balls off. Yeah. To a top, you know, to a top 10. Yeah. No. And I'm sitting it's... there and and for everyone listening, that was my first classic ever. Oh, and I'm really? Sitting there wow. And, and 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 I said, "Wow, have how I I stood there on the grid and I said, "Wow, have I missed out on 15 yeah. years of my life." Sure have. Yeah, no question. I've missed out. This is something. This is emotional. And I and I felt the connection to each driver. Yeah. I was there with Hal when he broke the fifth, you know, the fifteen second barrier. Like, you know, when they said, "Oh, you know, oh, he broke the fifteen second barrier," I legitimately passed it off. I, I didn't, you know, when they said that over the announcement, I didn't care. Yeah. Then I heard the crowd. Yep. And then I'm like, I'm like, wow, the whole crowd. Uh, it's a yep. weekly show. Yep. Nothing big going on, but he broke the 15 second barrier, and the crowd erupted. Yeah. I'm like, that's. I'm like, wow. The connection everyone had. I'm yeah, like, wow. Be- and then I, and then I, you know, started asking questions and really getting into it. I'm like, this, the culture there is something. So you know, I, yeah. I don't, you know, I now, now I'm starting to understand and get to know the culture well we're we're certainly um i know that i can speak for um the oswego fraternity when we say that we're happy to have you as a part of it we're happy uh to be able to enjoy what you create um the dlm was a great show looking forward to it again this year um but also obviously can't wait for the sportsman show and the uh, the the compact show on Classic 64 weekend um, should be a bunch of fun and always appreciate what you do and the efforts um, before we 
um, before we end this thing, uh, if somebody wants to contact you for one of we're these shows. We're ending this so early? So yes, quickly? we well, we, you know, we've been 45 minutes here, bud. It's like, <laughs> we got, we could go four hours, but uh, people Have we talked about listening. the Mid-State Basement Authority's Dave London Memorial yet? Well, you know, we probably should do that in a little more detail, so g- get to it. <laughs> Let's go. Jeez. Oh, wow. I'm a I time am, Nazi on these here. shows now. <laughs> oh, okay. Give me a haul. Ha, let me. Tell me about Dave Wonder Memorial. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, if you want to see the biggest, and I mean the biggest, super stock race in New York, this is the one. After so many years, of 13 years of build-up, 13 years of trying, this event has finally produced the biggest payout ever to be released to the drivers. 4000 to win wow. for a Super Stock race and 300 to take the green at the moment. And I stress to you, at the moment, because if anyone knows me, we do anything, we do it big. Wow. Four grand to win and 300 to start. Now, 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 hold on. Hold on. That's just the A main. That's just the show. We didn't tell you about the qualifier. Okay. Let me tell you about this, Tom. Buffalo South Towns Tires present the Shirley Zacharias Shootout. The B main, the race to get into the race, 717 to win. Oh, that's 200 200 to take the green on a B main. Wow. Based on 50 cars. 50 cars entered. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That's awesome. So, your bad day. Let's say you have a bad day, Tom. Let's say you show up with a super stock and you have a bad day. Have you had a bad day before? <laughs> I had a bad day this morning, but we won't get into that. I had a bad day, too. I stubbed my toe, yeah. and then I ate some fruit. That was okay. <laughs> but this bad day in racing is a pretty bad day. But guess what? You made the, you got, you made it to the B main. Yeah. You're running there. You don't qualify for the A. You're all depressed. You're bummed. It's a big event. You really want to get there. You're putting your votes up. Yeah. But you got 200 to take the green. Ain't no super stock race. And I mean, ain't no re- super stock race. And I repeat, ain't no super stock race. In New York, Pennsylvania, Canada, Connecticut, Anywhere, North Carolina, ever. yada yada yada, it's paying a B main that will pay you two hundred just to take the green. That's awesome. Why? Because we want you to have fun. We want you there. And why? And why did we work so hard to get you to that point? Because I've been there. I've spent you know X amount of money in fuel. Yeah. The promoters of New York Super Stock Series, Bobby Lippa. Chris Vogler, they're racers too. They've spent that money as well. You want to know something? A nice kickback at the end of, at the end of the day. 
though you'll still be bummed. You'll be very bummed. But that cold beer with that two hundred dollars gonna feel a lot better. Absolutely. Wow. Great news. That's gonna be fun. And of course we we haven't even Tom. Tom Is there more? We there is more, but the more hasn't come out yet. Tomorrow, stay tuned to social media because the bonus money and the lap sponsors come out tomorrow. Ah, well, hang on. If you're folks. interested in a lap sponsor, find me. So, I'm not hard to find. I'm Jody London. Easy to spell, J-O-D-Y, last name L-O-N-D-O-N. Don't get confused by my three middle names. That is a true fact. Fun <laughs> conversation starter to have at, you know, weddings, bar mitzvahs. And any birthday parties that you <laughs> really perceive to have, if you really don't know people, you can set up a conversation about how many middle names you have. Yeah, it's a great thing. All right, so hang on. So just for the, for those of you listening to this, by the time this show airs, this announcement will already be out. So it just—I'm sure it'll be all over yes, Swiggle yes. Speedway. Yes, this will be late, 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 late breaking news. Yeah. So, um, so it'll already be out because uh, about about a week. It, previous. It's like five X late. So yeah, that's all right. No worries. We'll just go back and look it up, and we'll catch you up uh, on the sh- on the next show going forward. So yeah, um, that's awesome. And, and, man. and I'm sure I'm sure this is not the last Inside Group podcast I'm doing with Tom. Am, am I right? <laughs> Well, I don't know. We might have because to... <laughs> I, I love ta- I love talking to you. I love being we're going on the over show. time here now. People, um, I love dealing with the Oswegoans. My God, it, have I told you about my midnight runs as a sub shop after I leave the track? No, but we'll save that for the next appearance. That'll I've give that'll give us like something to look pounds. forward to. Well, see, that's you know that's then that's why you it's you know it, Tom Roca. It's, it's man, uh, it's it's hard in Oswego because oh, you know you got yeah. Skip's Fish so Fry. And you, you got all these places, and and it's just hard to to be thin in Oswego. Uh, but should, should I should I wrap this up by by telling everyone each event? Um, yes, very quickly in about a oh. minute. Go through each event again. Oh, okay. So besides the three, I'm, besides the normal three, I'm doing. So I'm gonna I'm gonna add in the one superstock one that's also happening on Oswego 64. Okay. So just just letting everyone know. So here we go. You ready? Yep. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, listen up, because you're going to need to hear this and hear it loud. Oswego Classic Weekend, number 64, May 28th. You're going to see the biggest compact series race ever. New York State Compact Series Championship, 500 to win. Be there Friday night, because they are the undercard to the New York State Superstock Race Series, which is also... The Dave London Memorial Qualifier Race. Whoever finishes in the top 15 of that race gets into a redraw, and and whoever gets pulled out of that redraw gets a guaranteed spot for the Dave London Memorial. Awesome. Awesome. Wait, hold on. We got more, Tom. I know. Keep that. going. Okay, okay. July 3rd. Ooh. Where are we? We're back at Oswego. You want to know why? Because this is inside track at Oswego Speedway. You know, it'd be weird if we were inside track at, you know, what is it, Kalamazoo Speedway? But we're not because, you know, we're in New York. Right. We're at Oswego. Keep going. Okay, then. Okay, I'm, I got this. I got this. DCR Motorsports. Actually, it's actually DCR Motorsports 40 XMR 
sportsman modified race. You ask yourself, what does XMR mean? It's extra money race. Why? Because it's thirty five hundred to win and three fifty to take the green. The biggest asphalt sportsman modified purse That's gonna in be New awesome. York for the for twenty twenty one. You got to be there. You got to see stuff happen. Forty laps, short race, balls to the wall, fighting left and right. What's the next one? Be there. What's the next one, Tom? Can you can't forget the next one? It is the Mid-State Basement Authority's Dave London Memorial Number Thirteen New York Superstock Race. And it's going to be 75 laps at Oswego Speedway for Classic 65, September 3rd. Boy, it's going to be a fun weekend. I'm pretty sure I'm going to be drinking that time. But, you know, we got to get through the race somehow. So we're going to be in the grandstands. We're going to be enjoying it. It's going to be 4000 to win. Last year, last year for me, at least the way I'm explaining it, 2019, had... 46 super stocks at the event. 46 for a 2,000 to win race. This year, you're going to have over 50. I'm hoping. I'm into record-breaking. I'm into setting the bar high. But, you know, if it doesn't, that's okay. You want to know why? Because it is going to be the best race you all are going to ever see. Because... (laughs) The A main pays four grand to win, and the Holland Southtown Tires B main pays seven seventeen to win, and two hundred take the green. It's a full day of entertainment for one night. How could anyone not want to be there? There you have it, folks. The Mean Gene Okerlund of Motorsports Promotion has just given you all the reasons why you can't miss any of these events at the Fast Five-Eighths of a Mile. (laughs) Jody London, it's always a blast to have you on, and I look forward to hearing more breaking news as it happens, and uh, obviously to seeing you at some point at the Big O, if they ever let out of staters back in again. Um, And uh, look forward to uh, what you've got planned, because all of those events are going to be great, and we appreciate all of your efforts for sure, man. Thank you, Tom. I really appreciate the time. That is Jody London, and we're going to be back right after this with more of Inside Crew. Stay with us. Victory Custom Trailers is the place to go for your next new or used trailer or coach. Being personally involved in the racing community allows Victory to fully understand what racers need in a trailer. They have over 200 coaches and trailers in stock for a variety of industries, and they can serve anyone in the continental U.S. If you're looking for something custom, they can assist in designing a trailer to fit your needs. Check out their entire inventory online at victorcustomtrailers.com. Welcome back to Inside Groove as we move into our final segment for this episode number 69. And that is where I would like to start with this segment. And then we'll tell you a little bit about uh, what's going to be happening on next week's show, episode number 70. Uh, That will be a fun show that kind of developed quickly uh, once I put it into motion. So um, already looking forward to that. But first, let's talk about the number 69 in relation to the supermodified division at the Oswego Speedway. Because I think in a very sort of, um, in a different sort of a way, 
this number has a great uh, deal to do with Oswego Speedway Super Modified history. And here's what I mean. Let's start first with uh, thinking about drivers who have driven that number over the years. And that will kind of lead us into uh, the main point I want to make about this particular number. So the first 69, and again, there may have been... uh, a few in the older days that uh, some of you may remember. I didn't start going to Oswego until 1973. So um, anything further back than that, I kind of rely on programs and um, other discussions. And that's why the Facebook pages are so great. The Super Modified pages are so great. Uh, and why I'm so thankful uh, to those who uh, are the admins of them and those who post. Uh, and I talked about Robert Metcalf last week. And uh, there are some photographers uh, and some other folks who, I don't know if they are photographers, but they're certainly kind of keepers of photos <laughs> that are sharing them. Um, and a couple that come to mind, and I almost hate going down this road because I feel like I should... I'm probably going to forget people that I should be calling out, but um, we'll kind of deal with photography here for a minute. And I, I really, Ray Grella is so awesome for the photos that, that he shares. And I really want to thank Ray for the time that he takes. Rick Nelson is another one um, who has put a, a ton of photos up in the past and still does. And Rick uh, designs some gorgeous um, artwork around photos and occasions. And so those two in particular, and Scott Hoyt as well, um, again, a ton of photos, unique photos from different eras and different situations, and it's kind of fun. Once in a while when uh, somebody will post a photo and uh, we're not sure what the car's origination is or who's this driver or, you know, we kind of, uh, all put our thoughts together. That's that's just a ton of fun and really keeps life interesting in these groups and keeps the history going, more importantly, for us. But uh, uh, so again, back to the 69, the first 69 that I know about, I think, is uh, Dave Morton actually started as the 69. I didn't know that. Uh, but back in 1972, I think it was, he made his debut at Oswego in a number 69, and eventually Dave went to the number 70 because another 69 came in. Again, get to that in a moment. Uh, He went to the number 70, which actually uh, then led to uh, Gary, his younger brother Gary, taking over that number and building an entire career around the number 70 with a with the exception of a short time when he was driving for uh strong racing i think he he used 99 and i think they may have had 96 as well just trying to think off the top of my head here but uh obviously running numbers related to the strongs and uh gary continues to be involved in super modifieds and now sprint cars too with dave mcknight um so there's part of next week's uh, <laughs> number discussion when we get to episode 70, but back to the 69. Um, 
Dave started that in 72, at least in it, for me. Again, there may have been some of the past. Feel free to jump into the comments and, and uh, fill in the blanks if there are those to be filled. Uh, but in, in 1973, Ed Close debuted a number 69 that was, again, Ed's modified number for the modifieds that he owned at that time, which were driven by Gene Guy Chartran out of Canada. And they debuted a Super. And that Super was a mid-engine Super. And again, those of you who have been longtime fans of Oswego know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, you had, in the modified portion of it, uh, you had the Hemi Cuda, and in the Super, um, it was designed to be the same kind of, um, the Hemi Hawk is what they called it. It was the same kind of uh, idea, Hemi motor, and, and they they actually, uh, when they built the car, if those of you who remember the very first iterations of the car, when they built the car, it had a very low profile. Um, and, I mean, the roll cage was, I mean, it was there. But I think, if I remember correctly, uh, I think that Guy's head was, at least part of the, the helmet, was, was above the the roll cage. And they had this huge, I think it was turbocharged um, motor that uh i i mean it was it, it and if you go back to the episode of our show that we did and in fact i'll post it uh along with this show i'll 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 do the show this show's post and then i'll follow it uh with the post of the previous episode uh the next day with with uh jimmy champagne i interviewed ed and he talked about the genesis of that car, it's a very fascinating story, but that car, when it first came out, um, it took them a good while to even get it to begin to run properly. And uh, eventually, they changed the roll cage on it, and I think they uh, they actually made it a bit more of an upright type style of of, of sitting you know the way that that guy sat because he was having some vision problems seeing kind of around the the motor i think um and so uh guy drove it for um 73 and I think part of 74 but then it kind of developed a rotating cast of drivers and there were a number of different drivers who who sat in the car whether it was for practice or, or, or actually some races, Mark Letcher comes to mind, had some real, uh, showed some real speed with it. Uh, the short time that he drove it, Freddie Graves drove it a few times. Merv Treichler drove it um, a time or two as well. And Merv was running well with it. I think one night he hit the wall in the feature, but he was, I think he was inside the top 10. Um, but, Again, Jimmy Champagne may have been the driver who was most affected by this car. Jimmy was 
and again, I, I won't tell the whole, whole story. You can go back, and, and again, I'll post this episode again for you if you missed it the first time um, so you can hear Ed describe this. But Jimmy was interested in the setup and interested in, in kind of making it run, and 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 I think that it it gave him some ideas that later he then put into his own rear engine car. And this is why I say I think inadvertently this number has played a huge part in Oswego Speedway history because from the moment Jimmy got in that car to test it the first time, I think it, it seemed like, the, I you know, his head, Jimmy always was an engineer and he always was thinking ahead of himself, one step ahead of himself. And getting in the car the times that he did to go and, and, and test it um, and just take it out for practice and try to, I think he, that, that was the, the beginnings of the thought about the rear engine car that later on, six years later, to be exact, in 1979, um, spawned what to me was the all-time greatest, most amazing super modified ever. And it was this, it was as simple as a front engine roadster. There was nothing overly complicated about it from what everybody tells me. Um, again, I'm sure that within the big batch of parts, right? A lot of, you know, the parts were specific or, you know, chosen for a specific reason or whatever. But in terms of you know, the car, the cost of the car, whatever, didn't really cost any more than a roadster to build. But Jimmy was able to sort of crystallize all of the the little things that needed to be put in place in order to make not just a rear engine car, but an offset rear engine car, um, you know, to make that concept work. Um, and you know, things like, you know, how to deal with keeping the, 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 the car cool, you know, the motor cool, um, you know, all of it, there were just things that he was able to, 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 to see. And I think, I really believe that the very beginnings of that concept that Jimmy kind of realized in 79 the very beginnings of that started with ed close and the number 69 uh holly hawk super modified not holly hawk that's what it was after ed thompson bought it because he renamed it nicknamed it after his daughter holly the hemi hawk um 69 super modified that i believe was that's why i say i think that number had great significance um you know, in, in Oswego Speedway history, because not only was that one of the most unique cars to ever hit the track, in my opinion, it certainly was a, it was a really interesting idea and probably way ahead of its time, honestly. Um, but, you know, it, it, that car never really did get, you know, into top five winning contention you know, on any kind of a, a regular basis, but it was sort of the the first 
example of an exotic rear engine car that was kind of still in line with what was going on at the time. You obviously had you had some crazy rear engine cars previous to that. Nolan Swift had one that didn't work at all, and and uh, uh, gosh, there was uh, was it was it the June brothers that had the twin outboard motor rear engine. There were there were a number of them in the '60s and very early '70s. Of course, you know. Uh, Todd Gibson and Tony Lavati, Bill Height was kind of the centerpiece of of the Gibson Lavati, um, I think. Uh, you know, all of those rear engine cars, and and uh, Armin Holly had driven a few of those, but I don't think he ever raced one at Oswego. But I mean, so there were there were some, but again, all of them had all of them had issues. All of them, the only one that seemed to be able to run well enough to win was Johnny Spencer in the Doug Duncan rear engine car. And again, that car was pretty simple. Um, but I, I think Johnny felt that it was also very fragile. Um, and that was always the problem with the rear engine cars was, was how fragile they were. Well, this wasn't a rear engine car. This was a mid-engine car, the 69 car. So again, it was kind of a an interesting um idea because again we i guess we've probably seen a mid-engine car or, or several maybe even before then but all of the crazy ideas that went into this car um and again jimmy getting in it and probably not so much thinking mid-engine but how can i how can i figure this thing out but then also you know what could i do with this if i started from scratch for a rear engine years later reaching back and probably grabbing a lot of, you know, what he learned there. So, um, you know, that was that was a very different kind of car. But I feel like, in my own personal opinion, I feel like Jimmy's time in that car, and of course then Jimmy going on to race for Ed Close in the modified ranks as well, won a 200 with, with Ed's car at Oswego, I think 74, Um and you know just uh raced for ed for years um and so there was a lot of significance there just because of that car i feel like which is why i say the number 69 was very significant gary evans later on would would run as the number 69 out of canada just one of the the nicest guys um, I say that about almost all of the Canadians because it's true. They're just really nice folks. But Gary was a great guy and and always fun to watch. And, and really, again, somebody who had a lot of passion for the cars. I think he worked with James Brown, Jimmy Brown, if I remember right. And then ended up, uh, and I think probably with Jimmy's help, Jimmy was a good builder. I think he was a better builder than he was a driver, honestly. But um but uh, Gary was able to build that beautiful 69 that he ran for a while. Um, you know, and, and, and so that number in, in the 70s and 80s, uh, you know, very significant part of the Oswego Speedway. And then uh, in the middle of that, uh, and, and I've never known the actual reason why, this happened, but Jim Gray, who was driving for Tony Osetic at the time, they of course had the double zero car, um, and th- they in in 1978 Jim raced for him, and the double zero that that John Cook 
had had driven, which was actually the Ken Reese car from that that uh, Jimmy won his feature with in 1975. But that black paint job that was on the double zero at that time in 78 became and, and actually for John Cook the year before kind of became the basis for, for <clears throat> excuse me, for the first uh, Osetic car that Joe Gozik drove um, when he made his debut. But in 1979, for some reason, instead of running double zero, they went to 69. And I don't know if I, I, I sh- should have probably looked to see if there was another double zero entered that year. But um, for whatever reason, they just made it 69, which is interesting. So they spent some time. That was the first offset car, oh, by the way, that Osetic built, which then launched a year later Joe Gozik's career as, again, it was back to black and back to double zero by that time, but launched Joe's career, a career that still continues today uh, and is going into, what, 41 years? I mean, incredible, right? So, again, the 69 and 79 that Jim Gray and Osetic built became the double zero and 80 that launched Gozik's career, so... Um, I don't know why the 69 that year, but what's interesting is that now in current times, um, the couple of times a year that Brian Osetic decides to come out and race at Oswego, um, he runs as a teammate, of course, to Keith Champagne, whose cars, uh, both that car and Keith's 55 and Dave Schillick Jr.'s 95, built by Chris Osetic. <laughs> So, again, there's a long, you can sort of put the 69 in some very significant uh, uh, periods where it it kind of was a transitional that led to something later that was very significant to Oswego Speedway history. Uh, Jimmy Champagne's rear engine car, I believe, again, started with his time in that car. Um, and then later, of course, he helped... Uh, Kevin Reap, who had built a rear engine car, um, and Warren Schoberlein was the driver of that car. Um, Jimmy warmed that car up a couple times too, but I I believe that the original kind of thought process came from his time with Ed Close just kind of hot lapping that 69 car in 73. And then, of course, like I said, you have Osetic and Jim Gray uh, teaming up or building a car, the first offset car, that Tony built in 79 with Jim and numbering that 69, but a year, which a year later then became the double zero for Joe Gozik. Um, and Joe ended up, uh, again, still his number t- to this day and, um, you know, still racing to this day, uh, amazing as that is. So that's my kind of long-winded explanation of why I think the 69 was so, uh, you know, so important to Speedway history. Of course, uh, Mark Regan um, and gosh, uh, I know there was another 69 in the SBS class. Big Daddy, Sean Walker, uh, Sean Walker in the 69 in the limited slash SBS class and Mark Regan uh, running that number. Uh, and it continued to to be passed on Mark Castilia, 
uh, as the the 69, I believe, ran that number for a little bit, uh, if I'm not mistaken, perhaps. Uh, I tend to get blurry sometimes on the SPS because things change more quickly over there. And the, the more recent SPS time has been the time I've been away, so I haven't quite been as engrossed in that division. It's easier with the Supers because there's less cars um, over the years to kind of keep track of. It seems like the SBS has had so many different drivers and cars, and which is a great thing, of course. But uh, for whatever reason, for me, that's just a little harder one to um, to kind of keep track of numbers-wise. But again, there you go. Um, I just I think the number is kind of sneaky in the way that it played such a big part in Speedway history. Uh, Ed Thompson buying that Hemi Hawk car eventually and uh, ran it for a number of years, kind of rebuilt it a few times and and probably improved it each time he rebuilt it. Uh, but, you know, again, Ed never having the, I think, the necessary resources to uh, fully maybe even develop that car into what it yet could have been. Uh, and the offset cars came in and Ed went in that direction um, just a super nice guy, and you know, I, I, I'm uh, Ed is one of the the drivers that I miss terribly. He and Joe Paino are two drivers that, uh, among many, of course. But you know, I think about just as a kid, my interactions with them in the pits, and and got to know Ed a little bit away from the racetrack as well. Um, just super, super nice guys. So um, there you have it. Again, add your own spice to this. Uh, I'm sure there are probably one or two 69s I'm missing. Uh, but, uh, again, all of this is uh, top-of-my-head stuff. I don't research this, and I do that on purpose um, because it's more fun to just try to sit back and remember, again, the whole theme of this show and really every show that I do is just sitting around talking racing. That's what we do with all of my shows. It's kind of the uh, bench racing-type approach to doing uh, doing shows and um, that's just because that's what I enjoy doing. Uh, researching and, and memorizing stats and all of that is just not my thing. It never has been. I have more fun sharing stories. So there you go. Uh, now, about next week's show, we put together kind of a unique show next week. We're going to have two featured guests. And... For the first time, I think, ever on the same show, we're going to have father and son. And this is this was really cool. Already did the interviews. They're done. Um, looking forward to putting next week's show out when it, when it comes time. Uh, we had the chance, I had the chance to talk to Jeff Locke and... Uh, had a nice conversation with Jeff about his career and, and about uh, what he's doing this year with, uh, with his two sons. And then we had a chance to talk to his oldest son, Ryan as well. And Ryan just did a, an amazing interview, I think for someone who doesn't do a lot of them um, and really talked about uh, his racing and of course his dad and, and his grandpa and, and it that was it was a really nice interview um, really excited about the Locke family uh, kind of stepping up their game um, super modified wise this year so um, again we'll we'll bring that to you next week on the inside groove and I think you're going to really really enjoy that uh, really excited to put that one together so um 
with that, I say thanks again to uh, IPC Indie, Jeff West and his staff, Indie Performance Composites. Thank you to uh, the, the best fish in town, in my opinion, is at Skip's Fish Fry. Thank you to Sean and his staff, and thanks to uh, really, again, it's a big group uh, because it's not just the Janus Paving folks, Rich Worth and, and the folks who work on that side of it. Um, really, that whole big group um, that is so supportive of all the divisions at Oswego and, and the 350s all over, uh, you know, thanks to, to them for their support of this show as well. Uh, and look forward to being back next week for Inside Groove 70 with uh, Jeff and Ryan Locke both as featured guests. Until then, <clears throat> enjoy the rest of your week, and we hope that you continue to be safe and healthy and look forward to opening day 2021 at the Oswego Speedway. Until next week, I'm Tom Baker. Thanks for listening. Please share this so everybody else can enjoy it and look forward to talking with you next week for another Inside Groove. So long, everybody. You've been listening to Inside Groove, powered by IPC Indy, creating performance parts and solutions for the automotive, aerospace, and communications industries. Find them on the web at www.ipcindy.com. Inside Groove is a Race Chaser Media production. For more exciting and passionate motorsport content, follow Race Chaser Media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, and visit racechasermedia.com. The opinions expressed by our guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, affiliates, or marketing partners of Race Chaser Media. No part of this show may be reproduced in any manner without the expressed written consent of Race Chaser Media. Thank you for listening.